Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, this is Dick Grayson. Sorry I didn't answer your call. I'm busy assaulting federal officers. Leave a message and I will return your call in seven years when I get out of prison. Being a Titan isn't about being perfect. Let's play Prison Break. Can we play a vegan make-believe game at least? DC's Titan Season 2, Episode 10, Fallen, and I do mean Fallen, the After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz You know what it is? This is probably the most aptly titled Titans episode. <laughs> Fallen. Yeah. Fallen. And, and, it, and it's a double, triple, quadruple entendre uh, with, with means that we don't even understand the repercussions of at this time. Yes. Fallen. Fallen mm. plot, fallen direction. Fallen show. Fallen. Yeah, like, there's so much. So much. Fallen down fallen the stairs. Fallen character arc. Fallen down the jumping <laughs> of the shark. Like, what are we doing right now, guys? What are no we understanding? Idea. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're going to be talking all this DC Titans Season 2, Episode 10, Fallen. Uh, we have the, the panel that are, we are fans. Not just fans. Dare I say, super fans. Fans that care. Fans that believe. Fans that truly love. So when we talk, you should walk. Walk to your screens. Comment below. Let us know what you're thinking. Because I'm the host with the most. My name is Tehran. If you don't know me, then you don't know Titans. And I'm joined by an illustrious panel of, of super fans as well. All the way to my left's left, Jeffrey K. Chauncey Robinson Williams V., who's on all my emails, is in yes. the building. And you always... <laughs> Thank you so much. And you always get the name correct every time. Every time. I feel you have a lot of names. What what is the proper name? You like you said it. Jeffrey K. Williams the third, the fourth, and sometimes the fifth. Exactly. That's how I feel. You take the roles of all of them. And next to him, to his right, but to my left, Mm. the queen. Glad we got of the Rotten Tomatoes. Chauncey K. Robinson. Hey everyone. The blonde bombshell is in the building. She's queen of all the Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, we are, we're clapping for you. We're applauding. You got to clap. I got to peek Because up. this is the time <laughs> that all of us will be on board with your hate and criticism. So this one is time. the one time where all of us will be as bitter as Broken as Up Chauncey. And that's, wow. what, that's how we're going to feel. Uh, we are talking this, this episode of DC's Titans, Season 2, Episode 10, Fallen. We're going to be breaking it down as thus. Dick's in prison, uh, and so are all of us. Prison break. Connors goes back in. So, Connor, yeah. <laughs> Are we calling him Subject 13 yet? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gar goes with him. Uh, Donna's on a mission. Raven. And the special segment, because at this one, I believe we can call her Raven. This is the one yeah. where she mm-hmm. became Raven. When a gargoyle kills someone's <laughs> father or, or because we don't know what's going on, or you're a Raven now. You're no longer Rachel. And, and of course, we have our special segment, That Was Stupid at AF. No! What's, the, what's the name of that segment? <laughs> that wasn't very smart. Well, either way, tomato, tomato. News and gossip. You're going to want to stay tuned. Chauncey has this juicy piece of gossip she cannot wait to share with you. And, of course, our on 
point Chauncey's slightly vague predictions, as always, <laughs> and much more. Yeah. But what were your overall thoughts? I don't think we need to actually uh, guess. What were your overall thoughts on this episode of DC's Titans Season 2, Episode 10, Fallen? Surprisingly, I liked a lot of it. I liked the storyline with Dick Grayson in jail. I thought it brought something new to him. We actually saw him become a reluctant hero, even though he wanted to kind of give that all away, even though he told the um, told the guard that he was not going to be helping anyone. I liked that storyline. I liked seeing Gar fight. I like, I mean, because we, for the longest I've been preaching on here, can we? Can he do something? Can he lead? So I got to see a little bit of that. There were some great moments in there. Even Rachel starting to have a, her own storyline a little bit. There were great moments, but there was also huge fall, like falls, like we just, just said. But my biggest one is like my shirt says, "Real monster." Who is the real monster for this season? Because I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I. Um, well, we might get to that in gossip and news. I think so. Yeah. Well, I think for myself, I I thought there. I, I agree with Jeff. I think there were some very solid highlights. Uh, I was very bored with the prison thing with Dick. I was very disappointed that he wasn't possessed. I thought that would have been a better plot line than him actually choosing. He's this guy just might well walk and flog himself. Like with like like a like Catholic Catholicism or something. Like always atoning for his sins, these imaginary sins. And I just get tired of how much it's dominated this season. And I thought the stuff with Rachel was solid enough. I just think I feel like I don't this isn't an episode ten kind of episode. I feel like this is something that should have been in the beginning and I think we there's too many plots going on for myself. I just it's the I, I agree with this is not an episode 10. Had this be a 22 se- uh, episode yeah. season, we could have a different discussion. I, yeah. I wouldn't be there. Now, as far as Dick in prison, I love when shows create this realism in a world. However, when it comes to realism, I don't think they understood the judicial system. Okay, I understand we're all entitled to a speedy <laughs> and fast trial. However, that was speedy and fast to an extreme that yeah. is improbable. Where you get convicted and get sentenced to seven years without anyone realizing, hey, isn't Dick Grayson Bruce Wayne's ward? If nothing else, forget the fact that he doesn't cover his face every time he fights <laughs> crime. The fact that he is a billionaire son, someone should have been like, hey, I know you. Click, click, click. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just something. Prior detector. Like, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Dude, That's all I'm saying. Dude was a prior detective. Like, or like He was a police officer. How do you just go through that quick? And in seven years just seemed like too aggressive for me. Seven I was like, years. No, no, no. <laughs> seven years for assaulting federal officers, I can understand. However, I, with no priors, okay. you're a detective. There's a lot to... Com- yep. and, and no one else noticing. There is no judicial review, no judicial process, no judge, no sentencing, everything that goes on. And the storyline with Alusura, do you know what Alusura is? Alusura is it is it is Spanish for racism. How about <laughs> Yeah, how that about isn't even a we real god. I'm pretty sure that's not a real but god. But now either. we have Alusura. You you've heard of Santa Claus? What we have is Alusura. When you do something bad, he kills the people for you, and that is what we believe in Guadalajara. Like no, that's this is not. And here's the thing: I, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and say we're gonna know from the comments below. Is this stooped in actual mythology? Please let us know. As far as Rachel's storyline, that was actually one of the very solid ones because something happened. However, still, also, we have no idea why it's happening. And finally, Donna. Donna, do you not know how to go knock on a door? Like, check. Like, well, I don't understand. Mm. Dick, your phone's still ringing, but you're in jail. I don't think that's how phones work. I'm going to leave you 210 messages and not actually 
think of all the other means that I, part of a superhero group, am able to find you. Yeah, I, call I Corey. Like I mean, that. she called Corey episodes ago, and suddenly she doesn't have her number. Watching you it know? happen, I felt that there was an episode 9.5 that we missed. We yeah. missed an entire episode. There were a lot of holes in it. I mean, in ter- not even holes necessarily, just things that they willfully hope that you didn't notice. Like, just really a big suspension of disbelief. Like you said, the whole thing of Dick Grayson getting arrested and it not being all over the news that Bruce Wayne's ward is going away seven years without parole for assaulting officers. Mm-hmm. and the, the Out fact, of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And the fact that Donna, and that Bruce wouldn't be reaching out to him being like, hey, what's going on? Do you want me to get you out? Can I get you some lawyers? Like, we didn't see any of that. But we we had time for a Bruce hallucination of him dancing on stage and all this stuff, but no time for him actually calling. We didn't him. have time for Trigon. Yeah. No. Because this was going to be a fast action, fast, fun packed season. And now we've slowed down to a crawl, if nothing else. And, and, and I do want to thank the episode for one thing. And I will say this Labyrinth's Chameleons, man, that's a great fact to know. That is a great factor that I know that this entire. This creature lives only for five months, long enough to birth the next generation, and then dies. And that entire generation is raised without any parental supervision. That's that's an amazing tidbit of information. I I will win Jeopardy now one day <laughs> because of this. It will be the final question, and I will bet it all, and I will know. Other than that, I did not learn anything else about the Titans. Let's talk dicks in prison. What were your thoughts on on Dick being introduced to his new cellmates. I liked it. I thought, I like I said earlier, I thought it was a cool change of pace for him because he was kind of getting bland. He kind of getting boring for me, playing the brooding role. And he kind of did that to an extent, but you can kind of see with the realness of their situation, his cellmates, he kind of opened up and he was that hope for them, even though it was reluctant because he had to see it. He was death. their alusura. Exactly. <laughs> he was that, whatever that is. And it came with with a death and everything. So it came with uh, after a couple of times. But I like seeing it like that. I think it was a change of pace and it was better than than what we've seen in the last couple of episodes with him. Jeff K. Williams the fifth. You are forever the optimist. Chauncey K. Robinson. Um, I didn't have it. I didn't exactly like. I didn't like it. I didn't like this uh, plot line. I just thought one once again we have this whole thing where he has to be brooding and he did keep brooding. I mean, Brent, he's like a great actor because I think with any other actor, I probably would have been so tired of this character by now. But he does add certain layers of nuance here and there. But there's not. They're not giving him much in terms of. I think we need to get the Nightwing. You know, I think we need to get to Nightwing. I think we need to have him get a suit. He needs to have more of a purpose than atoning for his sins. And I think I didn't... I mean, I like the fact that they went against stereotype that the Latino um, men that he was in prison with were like thugs or gangsters or something, mm-hmm. but they were like uh, seeking asylum from where they were. And that's real world stuff, so I appreciated that. But then they counter that with the white savior sort of deal of of uh, Dick having to get them out of prison and he sacrificed himself once again for these people to uh, I mean it helped him get to the point of saying I still want to save people so that's fine but I just thought did we need this art for this? It just seems so out of. They've been in jail for all this time and they needed Dick Grayson. Yeah and I just like it mm. took this moment for the white guy to come into not to make it completely racial I just didn't care for the optics You have to 
I've noticed it. Yeah. That's that's a very noticeable concept regardless. It's not uh, something where it's like, oh, we're being too woke or not woke enough, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. You cannot help but notice things when they happen. Yeah. yeah you can't. I, I agree with you 100% because, but the main character in this show is white. So it's not sure. like saying like, He's a white savior. However, in that, the like, main storyline in this show, this was unnecessary. Yes. This was created. This is not from the comics. I this is that. not a storyline that needed to happen. It has nothing, very nothing. Unless these guys are all yeah. working for Deathstroke, this was a very pointless storyline in which they took an opportunity to create this and used it on the white savior trope. I'm so sorry. It was very unnecessary. Yeah. I think yeah. they also could have made it. So, I mean, in the comics, it's actually uh, who we didn't see this episode, Corey, that helps him become Nightwing. And it's just like now it's some random people in a cell. Like, I just, I don't understand why he needed to go to, all the way to prison to find his purpose. Like, this is like two, a whole second season of this thing. That was supposed to happen in the first season. And also, why are we getting Dick Grayson's fingerprints on file? This is Dick Grayson <laughs> Nightwing. Like, the one thing we shouldn't have is records of superheroes. That's like kind of the, the nominal rule. The main, mm-hmm. the, the main thing about being a superhero. Even Superman puts glasses on not to be recognized. Like, he does the least you can do to hide an identity, to protect the ones he loves and yet dick grayson constantly goes out of his way to not do so so i'm not a fan of the prison storyline i'm so sorry the prison storyline seemed it seemed forced it seemed out of place it seemed like it had zero purpose it did not this is i hated brooding dick grayson and yet i long for bro- it's like you don't <laughs> you know what you've back. got till you until it's gone you know this is this is how it works it's like it's almost as if i'm looking for i'm looking for an abusive boyfriend like why is this the choice why don't i have good choices yeah why don't i have good choices why can't i be happy with the character of dick grayson because they did redeem him as a character coming out of the first season if you remember in the beginning we also weren't fans of dick grayson Mm -hmm. and then slowly we were like wow we love this character and by the end of season one we were in love with him again and now we're falling out of love with him Uh, dick i think we should see other people i mean he started the season very optimistic even at the end of season one you know he took the he took the kids in the car you know say goodbye to Corey, and was just like yeah we're gonna go on a road trip we're gonna go to san francisco it was a whole new beginning and then this death strokes thing happened and it was like a complete you know i don't want to call it retcon because i'm not going to say like they totally erased stuff i'm saying that they contrived certain things to get back to set his character back for some reason and i'm not sure if it served if it landed as well as it could have yeah i'm i get and i see you, know, you guys' points i just think that the story for what it was was good i think Obviously, he it looks bad because he was that savior for them, but this is also his storyline, so they were just there. It was a retcon for them trying to for him becoming um, um, Nightwing, but I think I think it worked. I mean, it was it was cool. It was something because they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to bring his uh, his banning people in this show. They could have just did it the original way. But I think it's a way to show. Um, what was the original way, if you remember? You said it was, it was with, you said it was with the, uh, Yeah, Corey. Right? And, and one of the reasons, Corey, like, encourages him and, like, gives this, him inspiration. This isn't about diversity hiring or firing. This is yeah. about storyline, plot, and pushing along 
a storyline regarding a protagonist that we all want to like. However, they're making it very difficult to do so, especially when we have a bar that's so high and a show like Watchmen, which does all of the things that we're, we're talking about, sure, two episodes in, and yet it does them effortlessly and with me uh, on Watchmen in the panel which happened to be that none of you are on uh, Ryan yes. in the booth is <laughs> on that panel the time clock king the mm. time clock king Ryan how are you sir I am well how are you I'm wonderful I can how, tell y'all are triggered though a I, we're a little triggered what's the chat feeling regarding the this the chat is in full agreement of y'all we got Gracie and Ryan saying mm. you need to have a team in order for a team to split up and yes. everyone right? completely <laughs> agreeing uh, someone saying there's at least 50 stories Lines going on right now, and I can't follow a single one of them. Stop prolonging Nightwing already from Eric James. And Ivan Soto is just on another, he's on a roll right now, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. That is he how is it rolling. works. Rolling. We love rolling, and we love rolling with all of you. Thank you so much for your comments below. We keep this chat live, we keep it going. Uh, Chauncey and, and Jeffrey over there also have the chat up, so they will be responding as well. And of course, our man in the booth, Ryan Nielsen, the yeah. producer uh, with the reducer. Nothing really rhymes with producer. I'm so sorry. Sorry, however, he's there. You all know that you are, if not as much, more so a part of this panel as all of us. Yeah, whether it's through comments, through the live chat where we're co- talking to you, kind of, kind of, uh, can't even speak. Whether we're the live chat or the um, comments, we love talking to you guys. We love having you guys interact with us and continue to do it. Whether it's through iTunes or Spotify, remember to subscribe and give us that five stars because we need all five of them. You guys make us the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah, you do. Yes. So, this prison break idea. So we have a group of Latinos who are in a gang. A group of Latinos. Uh, no longer. That's always in prison. They, MS-13 <laughs> change into Corto Martez. No, no they, made, they made a diverse group. Of, I, I was paying yeah, attention. there were some black people in there. There were black, there were white. There were, there were, it was a diverse group of people. You know, this show does at least attempt to u- utilize diversity. Also, a lot of the writers are are people of color, so yes. they are very aware of things. However, this particular storyline, I'd love to see who the writer was. Uh, they <laughs> used a gang that was no longer MS-13, is Corto Martez. Corto Martez, we used to be a part of the Corto Martez, hmm. but we wanted out. And when we got out, SA, you know what happened? They said they would muerto asito. <laughs> like, okay, so what were our thoughts on the great person? impersonation. Prison break. I um, I mean, I, the one part that I kind of, I was kind of zoning out during this part. But the one part was when that guy got shanked. Like that's when I woke up a little bit. I was like, whoa, like this is real, you know? Like I mean, it got back to the. It's once again reminding you that this is a bit of a grittier show. And I mean, like we were saying, one of the things like they didn't fall into the stereotype of you know they're like they're not necessarily gang members, but they were trying to flee political asylum almost you know and I I could appreciate that but I also thought it wasn't clearly wasn't well thought out if they needed you know Grayson to come around to eventually help them get it well a problem I had with this prisoner of of their principles idea that they they showed us was the fact that the guard thought throwing Dick Grayson in the prison cell with these three was going to show him and yet they were the nicest, most wonderful group well, of people. Well, clearly the cop but, was yeah. racist. They were offering him a tortilla. <laughs> yeah, he, they made it a little racist, however, in their demeanor. <laughs> however, these this group was, let's be very honest, for a prison group, they were just loners. They weren't specifically a violent group of people at all. Yeah. In fact, 
the storyline is they wanted out because they didn't want to get deported yes. mm-hmm. because they wanted political asylum. Which was very yeah. much, it's very relevant to today's, you know, news and political terrain, which yeah. makes sense. And I, I appreciate that storyline. Sure, because it does make them all seem like rapists and criminals like we asked because they are in jail, which they did not need to be. They could have simply just been working. Yeah, yeah. I would, to go along with that, I do appreciate the storyline. But with the jail, with the um, them leaving... He said multiple times not to do it, so it kind of, the the team member, not team member, that jail cell uh, guy dying, it kind of made sense. It kind of, like, he warned him a couple times, hey, this isn't smart, this isn't smart, don't do it. So it kind of made sense why he died and then why he was a savior in this sense. I just thought it was cool. I, I think, unfortunately, my bar is lowered because of we haven't seen a lot of, inter- we haven't seen a lot of any of the big bads. We haven't seen him, like, fight in general for Dick Grayson. He's kind of been... Just one-dimensional. He does keep getting beat up a lot like, for someone he, who is Robin and turning into Nightwing. That's what I'm he saying. Does. Like, I wanted, does he I not know how to duck? Him. Maybe he shouldn't have been Robin. He should have been duck. We should have been mm-hmm. like, wrong bird, buddy. Duck. How I about think, that? I think I just wanted to see him do something different. And that's what it was. And it might have been the lower bar that I'm set because that's what we've been given so far. But I wanted to see something different. That's what I did. And hopefully this leads to Nightwing because I need it. Mm. Well, the prison break does go awry, at least for Dick. Dick is beaten to a pulp, and now he's worse off than he was. Why do you think he kept insisting that he was not going to help the guard in any way? And the guard went out of his way to try to help Dick several times. I think he really feels like he doesn't want to help anyone, and he just deserves to be in there. I think it was very reluctant that he helped these people just because their friend died and because his cellmate died. But he meant that, and he was just reluctant to help anybody because he doesn't think he deserves to, and he doesn't think he's a hero. Well, I think also Dick's not a narc, necessarily. Like, he does have a thing about, you know, uplifting. And the reason why he wanted to be a detective when he left Bruce was to still help people out. But even in that sense, I think his idea was that he wasn't going into prison judging the population, the prison population enough to be like, oh, I'm going to be undercover and just, like, rat on these people. I don't know. I do think... One of the things we've seen, we've seen despite Dick's, um, you know, broodingness is that he does have a certain um, level of integrity when it comes to, you know, how he functions, you know, which is why stuff is able to eat at him. If, with anyone else, if they didn't have that, the level of integrity that, that, they, that he has, they wouldn't be as affected as he clearly is all the time with brooding, with self-sacrificing. I mean, he wanted to kill himself and sacrifice himself to Deathstroke just a couple episodes ago when Corey saved him, and now he's, like, put himself in prison. He's been trying to sacrifice himself this whole season. Somebody kill him already. So, (laughs) the concept is he's possibly punishing himself for the Jericho death and giving himself what is a form of sentence, a prison sentence, to atone for that death. At least that's where the storyline seems to be driving us. We are not exactly sure. I do think that Dick Grayson has a natural, innate sense of justice and wants to help people. And that's something you cannot change Mm. because it is his nature. And I'm not sure if I would say he's not a narc. However, what I would say is at this time, he is extremely difficult with whatever it is that he is trying to be. Connor, on the other hand, is difficult in a a different way, an entirely different way. Connor has an immaturity when it comes to things and tries to Dick Grayson himself, as in he assaulted police officers as well. Now he's on the run, so he's not trying to go back in. They find him, he tries to get rid of the dog and break away from everything he knows. How do we feel about this Connor storyline? I just don't care. 
<laughs> like to be honest, like Harsh. they gave them, they gave us a one episode backstory. They gave like he's been in the naive stage or whatever you want to call it right now. He went away, did some bad stuff, and then Garden go after follow him. It's just like he's he did wanted to go back or just accepted going back without a fight. I just don't see why I care. I don't know what he, what they're gonna do to him. I don't know why. What's next? Like, why do I care? I'm more worried that Gar's in in like captivity than than Superboy. Yeah, I um I actually think Connor's uh, plot line is for Beast Boy. Actually, I think this was an inverted way for the writers to be able to give Gar something to do. So because of that, I don't necessarily look at it as Connor's plot line or arc because he's like a month old overall and like there's a lot more growth that he needs to do for me to be like Jeff says for me to be completely invested but I didn't dislike it as hard like I enjoyed the bit with Mercy and how she was like kind of a soccer mom but also like this evil woman who works for Lex at the same time her playing on I like the Doom Patrol reference I'm a little confused about what version of Doom Patrol they do in this universe because it's kind of different from the one we know the great uh, show Doom Patrol that so I'm thinking it's a different universe the way they were talking because about we it. have the Titans Doom Patrol and then we actually got the show Doom Patrol yeah. and they seem they to diverge yeah mm-hmm. As far as storyline and framing. Yeah, exactly. And also with uh, Niles, it's a totally different actor as well. So it's, um, I, I like that. And I think I appreciated this plot line for Gar. You know, his whole idea of telling Mercy, like, I just want to be a Titan. Like, Gar, has, Gar is such the backbone of, like, the spirit of, like, we, I mean, at times we, like, teasingly call him a fanboy. But I appreciate the fact that no matter what, he believes in the superhero cause. Something that Dick, you know, struggles with his faith of the superhero and others kind of reluctantly, you know, throw off or whatnot. But Gar is very much like there's a purpose for us in this world, being Titans. Yeah, I 100% agree. That was the only saving grace for that whole scene, the whole storyline for me, was Gar fighting. You can actually see him, like, fighting without being a tiger and then him going into that as well. So I, I loved him. I love him being a fanboy. I love him fighting. We're seeing more of him and kind of growing up. That was the only thing that was good about that whole storyline for me. I am going to completely disagree with Chauncey K. Of Robinson. <laughs> However, I have no reason to do so. However, yeah. I want to go on record and say that I completely disagree with you. All right. Thank you. For I don't that. have a single point to make that counteracts anything you said. <laughs> However, I completely disagree with Chauncey K. Robinson. Let the record state. Let's talk about Gar. Let's talk about Gar and. I liked what Jeff said regarding the fact that this might be a plot to get Gar involved. Chauncey brought this up and expressed this even further, where this gives him something to do. Yeah. So, how is Gar's character developing as we are watching him as a titan? I think he's I think he's feeling more home in being what titans are. He's like kind of... Well- Technically speaking, he's the only Titan, and he's the only one in the home. So I completely understand yes, where you're coming from. He is like the backbone for the Titans, and he I feel like he will be going. He's going to be the one to bring him back, and that's what it's setting him up for. At least that's what it's looking like so far. Because he's at the at a like point in time, he was just in the back, just saying, doing whatever Dick said, wasn't really fighting back at all. Just being do what he was told. Now it seems like he's kind of taking initiative, and I just wanted to see that. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think what we're seeing first, 
he hasn't had much to do this season. It's not an arc. This isn't an arc. This is, we haven't used this guy, and we need to give him something to do, and let's do it through Connor because we want to introduce this character. And I'm not saying that to be negative towards the writers or anything. I love that they've chosen to give Gar something to do, bringing it home. But I think what it's showing is that he's emerging as his own kind of leader. I just wish that we would see a bit more of his powers, you know? And I think... It did touch upon a little bit what Mercy said to him was that no one listens to you. And we were seeing that throughout this season, right? Not necessarily no one was listening to him, but that he was kind of an afterthought, you know, for a lot of the characters. I mean, Rachel just kind of unceremoniously left him and they were like supposed to be, you know, I don't something, know, something. romance mm-hmm. or something. And it's just and, like and also, he, he hasn't brought up once, hey, I hope Rachel's okay. Yeah, he hasn't called her. She bounced. She hasn't called him. There's just so, it just goes back to so many weird suspension of disbeliefs based off of what they've built us up to. And then they expect, a, there's been an expectancy for us to kind of overlook it a little bit, which has, you know, been a little bit of a detriment. Not completely, but a little bit of a detriment in terms of just where these characters are. It's our fault. It's our fault when we let the Trigon <laughs> thing go. Once we let the Trigon <laughs> thing go, they have we no have respect for us. They have no respect for it's us true. as an audience. It, it's kind of like when you watch a movie like Jurassic Park and the Tyrannosaurus Rex makes all the noise in the world, but every time it's about to be suspenseful, he sneaks up like a ninja and no <laughs> one says, hey, weren't you making a lot of noise two seconds ago? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did it to ourselves. We did this to ourselves the way Connor did it to himself when he goes back in. And Gar is now reluctantly a prisoner in this captivity. How do we feel about Gar? And what do we think is going to happen with that storyline? I think they, towards the end, they did tease that he's going to be leaving, correct? Yes. They okay, yeah. teased okay. it. Yeah, so I'm, but I don't I'm, know with the collar around his neck. Exactly. I mean, usually when they want <laughs> you to leave, they don't put a restraining collar that takes away your powers, is what I think, around your neck. That's just my... I'm yeah. not sure. I've also never been captured <laughs> by these specific group of people. Or worn a collar. Yeah. It's, it's the easy assumption to say that he's going to be... <laughs> you don't know my life. You don't know what I do after dark. You don't know what I get down. It's easy to say that don't he's, he's going to be tailed or have a tracker on him. But I think that this might be a way for them to add more powers to him. Because he's like, well, are you going to fix me too? It's like, no, I'm not going to fix you. But there's way it could be a way to be like, he can turn, uh, change into other animals now. So I'm hoping maybe they do something that can interact that. Maybe he'll change into an interesting storyline. Maybe. But, or, uh, I mean, what powers, though? I mean, me, like, what? Like, I mean, he can already turn, what, are they going to shoot lasers out his eyes? No, no, like, no. He no, can change I'm into saying, other animals. Yes, other animals. but I'm saying, like, are you saying that Mercy and them are going to maybe give that to him? Or somehow help them or, or help him expand how to on, do his, on his powers. Right. I, I'm hoping something yeah. happens yeah. with Carl. I think she bugged him. Donna... On the other hand, is on a mission. Donna is all over town is looking it? for. She lost something. What Donna was it? She lost. What did she lose? She lost something. She lost <laughs> her watch. No, her purse. No, a she lost her, a human being that she was in charge of. A sixteen-year-old girl named Rachel, who, by the way, last season was kidnapped by a satanic cult. So maybe you should be a little more. Worried for this child and their safety. Never mind that this person also has a form of godlike power. I understand, but sounds like a recipe for trouble. And we see that she does get into some trouble. What did you both think about Donna and her mission? 
I thought, like I said, I think she, I mean, in this particular case, I think she should maybe stick to photography because she just wasn't being a very good detective in terms of, she kept calling Dick, she couldn't get in contact with Dick, and suddenly she seemed to have forgotten everyone else's number. You know, she finally goes to the tower and she sees, okay, everything's ruined, she finds the body that she thinks is connected to Rachel. So she's sort of putting the pieces together, but it was also... Had she, by the way, gone to the tower like five minutes before, she she could have helped everyone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just... It's just, I mean, I don't know whether to blame her as the character for the shortcoming or just that the the writing of it needed her to do these things so that it could get to where it was. Because, I mean, I feel like she's been shown to be a little bit more capable than that previously. Because sure. in the beginning of the season, we saw her and Corey teaming up to take on... Um, you know, what was that? The glitter woman that yeah. they had. They were tracking people. Mm-hmm. She had, Donna had a whole van she and did. everything. And so they were doing investigations. She, for that like was six, actually their job. Yeah, Just to like, let you know, that was Donna's months. occupation. And mm-hmm. yet she was unable to do so yeah, at so, this moment. And, and, it, and then we get to this point. Once again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the other characters where like things are, are being, I feel like things are be do, being done for the plot and not necessarily keeping in the consistency with well, characterization. To be fair, when it comes to calling Dick, Donna does have sprint, and maybe it just didn't go through. <laughs> yeah, with with her storyline, I feel like they continuously make her worse and worse. In the fact that like she can't do anything now, like she can't be her own detective, like she should, like she should be. She can't even hold her own when she's fighting Deathstroke. It just like continuously adds on to like she's not as strong of a character as she should be, which is frustrating to watch. I just didn't understand. Like she's calling all all the uh, Dick Grayson. Just run after her. She just walked outside the car. I know she had the stuff around her. Once that goes away, run after her. By the and way, then go to you would time. think she would be so eager. Dick Grayson, if he was available, would be eager to answer the call of the people who basically broke his heart yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would be like, hey, Donna, are you good? Yeah. I can help. I can do whatever. Yeah. No, she was my cousin. I just met her on Facebook. I don't even know her. I don't love her, babe. It's you. Like something. He could mm-hmm. have said something. What? Too personal? So the concept was, I felt that maybe you all noticed that Donna was not as inept as she should be. Yeah. And yeah. it had At nothing all. to do with the the character. It has a lot to do with the writing because in this lackluster writing, we can't build a character to be one thing and then all of a sudden change them to be something completely mm-hmm. different or something else. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's going with the plot line. I think they, they need to get to point B and they've set it up so far that they didn't know how to get there necessarily. So they need certain characters to do things that they haven't done before, but it's like, well, who else is going to do it? And then have shorter seasons. If this is going to be the case, have a shorter season or even less- still because all of this frill is not doing anything for anyone, especially when you already have a short season. Or less heroes because there's way too many storylines. It's just Well, it, just they, all the storylines are unnecessary when you realize there aren't that many heroes because they're supposed to be a team. And yet someone in our chat specifically stated, you can't feel anything about a breakup or you can't have a breakup if you've never had a team yes. to begin with. And we haven't seen a team either Team A, the old Titans, or Team B, the new Titans, no one has made it. And by the way, what happened to Jason Todd? Let's talk about Rachel. Rachel has her own storyline, and she is at a homeless shelter, and she is eating, and she is on her own mission, but we aren't very aware of what it is. What did you, either of you think about Rachel and her eating habits? I 
I I don't know what where they were going. I mean, did she have? I mean, she's I'm okay. I'm gonna give her space because it was just like with season <laughs> one where she did certain things, and I was just like, she's young and she hasn't really thought a lot of stuff through. She's going with emotion. She's lost right now. So she did some nice stuff. I did think it was really cool that she made the gargoyle come to life. I think it that was shows, that was great, mm-hmm. unnecessary think, but great. But I think it also shows just how powerful she is. We've gotten we've gotten glimpses of that, like when her and Corey brought Connor back to life and these moments here and it's just like it's so I'm not going to say it's wasted I'm just saying that I would have preferred a little bit more emphasis on that until and instead of in this episode we see something like this occur where she brings an inanimate object to life like how are we going to explore that necessarily like that's going to have to go into season two when that could have been a storyline that was going on while the Deathstroke stuff was happening yes. but honestly Rachel and Gar kind of just disappeared from the main plot line for like two to four episodes. Which, once again, if you have a longer, you have a season or you have a short season like that, you can't afford to do that with characters and then try to bring something back in in the home stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, they're just adding unnecessary storylines. I didn't really understand what it was throughout the whole episode. And then that towards the end, it was like, it's kind of cool to see that she was helping more than just that one person. But like, why? That that was my question with the storyline. It was a lot of cool things to see. Great to see the gargoyle using her, understanding her own powers, being nice and everything, being able to control her powers. But why? The problem also for me is the fact that the Titans cartoon, which was a Raven-driven storyline, yeah. was so good. Yeah. It was so uh, good, especially when it comes to the concept of who Trigon is and how it plays out and the world which it lays out. And young angst. And it had a lot mm-hmm. of that. We get that, that they're trying to create young angst. But we have to care about these characters. So please <laughs> let us care. We do so much, which is why we talk so much about Titans. We are Titans super fans. But it is our job to point out the things that are not always the smartest things to do. We have a special segment. It's called That Was Stupid Die. Go! <laughs> <laughs> What what is the name that of the That wasn't very smart. That wasn't very smart. No! It is an action in the uh, in the show that just wasn't very so smart. intelligent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jeff, mine got to be Donna in this episode. I just didn't understand what she was doing. She kept calling Dick and like you said, if someone that that should be wanting to talk to you is not answering, maybe he's in trouble one. Maybe you go to the tower like not 24 hours later there were so many things she could have did she was my dummy of the day yeah I was gonna I was gonna say Donna but I guess I'll also jump to Connor a little bit I get that he's a month old but the fact that Mercy came in guns blazing and everything and then he suddenly believes that she knows where Eve is I just was like I I don't want to say naive because like I said he's a month old but it was kind of like he's also supposed to be like super smart and he kind of in a way inadvertently sacrificed guard too I think she she might know where Eve is. I think that Donna was right to not just go back to the Titan's Tower. I think both the things are very plausible. I even agree that maybe Deathstroke shouldn't have been in this episode somehow for some reason, even though he's the main antagonist. I have no idea. And there's three episodes left. I'm going to say that the stupid AF moment for me (laughs) was the fact that Rachel, not knowing a situation, meeting someone for five minutes, killed their father or guardian or whoever it was after 
This person actually showed no actual physical violence towards this girl. I don't care what it said. If that was the case, then a lot of parents would be dead. I don't know what the situation is. We don't know anything about this girl, what she's done, where she's been, why this man would have come in there acting like that. We don't know any of that. We And honestly, we got half a second of an argument that didn't tell us an entire context of an argument. And then Rachel sent a gargoyle to Maul. And- it wasn't intentional, though. Oh, oh. She didn't do it on purpose. Oh, she Wait, didn't do it on what? purpose. No. You don't think so? Oh, she didn't do it on purpose. Uh, Maybe subconsciously her brain wanted sure. to kill him or something, but she walked away. She did. She walked. Oh, wait. No, she chased them down, <laughs> went, used her power to lift him on the wall, mm-hmm. had him strangle hold it against the wall, away. dropped him, had his legs broken almost. Walk, he started walking away out of fear. The young lady who was with him, instead of going, wait, you are Satan, goes, wow, that's cool. Come help more of our friends kill their parents. And then had the gargoyle unintentionally, subconsciously, or however so, kill the dad. I think that might have been the dumb, dumb moment. What, what do we call this segment? Let's talk some news and gossip, shall we? After Buzz TV News. Chauncey, give it to us straight. Well, um, uh, there's been some gossip for the last 24 hours when it comes to uh, Titans, the uh, informant, leaker, one of the leakers online. A lot of people know about uh, Vol in 070 has been uh, making some controversy in terms of uh, response because originally a day ago, the uh, he said that the main villain for season three would be Lex Luthor. Now, it's been semi-confirmed, or the gossip is, strong gossip is that it's going to be Blackfire. That they couldn't necessarily get the uh, permission to use Lex Luthor or his sister, which was the two they were trying to do, and that they're going with Blackfire instead. So we can look forward to some intergalactical uh, Corey focus next season. Glad that it's Corey. Kind of sad it's not Lex Luthor. I didn't need that. I didn't get it. I had I had enough botched Luthers and Supergirl. I'm good. Well, we shall see how it plays out. So much for that. Let's get into some predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Two predictions each. Let's start with Chauncey. Okay. Well, I think next episode, I think we're going to see Corey again. I know that's very vague, but I think Corey's going to help break Dick out of prison. Oh, we're going to see Corey again. Good. We're gonna, Corey's going to help break Dick out of prison, and I think her and Rachel are going to link back up somehow. I was very specifically vague. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know what? I think, I'm going to stick with my, my thought on Gar. I think there's going to open up more, more not more powers, but he's going to be able to use it in a different way. He might be able to change to a different animal. That's what I'm hoping for that. And for, for next week's episode, I am thinking along the same lines, I think it's going to be some girl power taking out um, taking out the guards and maybe just showing up to dig like dog. We need you. Interesting, interesting. In my predictions in Chauncey fashion, I'm going to predict that Dick Grayson, something happens to him, and then I also think that the other Titans will be on the show again. Mm. Does that sound like a Chauncey prediction? It, I think you might be right. I feel like it does. I think it's on brand. No, on my, <laughs> on my end, I'm going to say that this is not the end of Connor as we know. And we will see Connor revamp and, in a way, 
be somehow the salvation that Gar needs. And I think that Gar, and I agree with Jeff on this, is that Gar is going to be the centerfold of bringing all the Titans back by being the voice of reason that they have not heard thus far because he believes in the Titans so much and they've been building that up. That is what I hope. Finally, I'm going to have to say Deathstroke is going to be coming out there and he's not going to be happy with this Return of the Titans. But until then, where can people find you if they want the Return of the Panel? All the way, Jeff. Yeah, if you guys want to talk superhero, or anything all that you guys can find me at Jeff Will Jr. on social media platforms that's who he is to his right yeah you can find me at Rotten Tomatoes and also on my self-named YouTube channel Twisted Woman CKR that is self-named and it says so much and of course I am Tehran literally and I am Tehran all across the board I-A-M-T-H-R-A-N and find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows because all of your TV shows are my favorite TV shows too we will be talking more Titans and hopefully and the way we're used to and accustomed to in a good light, except for Chauncey. But until then, we will see all of you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.